This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 20th, episode 2143, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. Nelda Kettle joins us to tell us about Horse and Hound Rescue Foundation and the impact of Jamie's new show, Retired Racehorse Radio Today. And Jamie also updates, updates us on the latest with baby Stan Lee and Pink. And then we'll play you the latest episode of Finding Florida, which takes you with Glenn and I to Orlando. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show today, as always, guys. And speaking of today, all right, so today is both Alien Abduction Day and French Language Day. So if you find yourself or your horse on the wrong side of an alien beam, just yell, Zut à l'heure, before y'all head on up. I don't know. I'm not going to repeat it. because No it idea be what she just word. said. Does that mean get the hell out of here? I hate you. What's it mean? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> what that means? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let me go. <laughs> don't probe me. <laughs> Can I just say, too, that for the live listeners, you guys get, if you're not listening live, you miss so much bonus unintended content. Uh, no, you miss Glenn screwing up and Jemmy and I calling him to the carpet is what happened. You miss so much by not listening live. We have done 2,143 episodes and Glenn starts the show with not the hoofbeats and the This is the Horse Radio Network, just something else. And he doesn't even I was notice. so tuned out, I didn't even notice. It's like... And then I, I mute you guys, so I can't hear what you're saying. Now, here's so. the deal. Let's let that. Let's let all listeners hear that. Can we play that? Let's not. Let's no, not edit I, that. Uh, no, I I restarted, so it's oh. not even there. <laughs> oh, Sorry, it. they have to listen live to get the good fun stuff. It's not good and fun. It's just total <laughs> screw up. All right, daily winning time. <laughs> I got a lot of these today. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. It's like it was National Be Born Auditor Day today on March the 20th. We have Auditor Kim Trask, Allison Mun- Muldoon, Joyce McKinney, Andrea Day, and my favorite one to say every year, Patty Puff. And she knows I love saying that every year. And also our friend from Horse Holster, Brooke Beers. So happy birthday to all of you. I don't know what happened nine months ago, uh, but apparently it, it is. I know what happened nine months ago. <laughs> Magic. Magic, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you're saying that right now about the whole birthing process. I don't think that's what you're saying. No, the nine months ago was magic. Oh, yeah, exactly. 
the birthing part is a freaking nightmare. And I'll tell you more about that in just a second, but I have to give, I, I just have to give this daily Winnie to my husband because I bless Chad's heart. I am putting him through the ringer. I mean, it's a mess and I have had to have help and I live here with no help. I mean, I just moved to Oklahoma. I know nobody. I have no help. But Abby's been visiting for the past week. Well, spring break for her is over. So she had to go home. And now I've got a baby that I have to <clears throat> take temperatures of twice a day. Have you ever tried to temp a foal? Is it the like same way you temp old? a big horse? You have to stick it in the butt? Oh yeah, no. up the butt. This this baby sees me coming. And he's like, <laughs> oh, me, my butt, my butt. We don't have a halter on this horse yet, and you can't like tie him in any which way. And if you're doing it by yourself, you're basically just chasing a spinning butt. Yeah, there's there's no way physically to do it by yourself because you have to grab the chest of the baby and the tail of the baby, and there's no extra hand there to <laughs> stick a thermometer up the rectum of your baby. So last yesterday morning, Chad. Chad, I need you to wake up. I'm sorry. Glenn, can you please, please pull that line? There's no extra hand. Stick a thermometer up the rectum of your baby. <laughs> we need that for the opener, a new opener. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry, You're welcome. Ahead. Oh, this this conversation today that we're going to have is going to be full of those. So just start. Get your pencils ready, okay? So I'm like, Chad, I need your help. I, uh, you know what? I'll hold the baby. I just need you to take his temperature. And he's like, okay, whatever. So we get out there. Oh, you gave him like, the butt end. Well, he doesn't know how to hold the baby, oh, and I, I, he does. He's never held a baby. There's before. no good and end of that whole. <laughs> there's, there's no good stuff. There's no like, oh, that's the easy part. Okay, <laughs> no, there's no, no easy part to it. So he, he comes out to the barn. He's like, what do I do? I'm like, okay, here's this thermometer. By the way, barely covered in poop. And I, you know, you have to like lubricate it with a little bit of <laughs> so I lubricate it and I hand it to him and he's like what the peep <laughs> what what and we paid okay I'm gonna grab the baby I'll get around his chest which by the way he is getting powerful and I'm gonna grab my hand behind him I'm gonna grab his tail I'm gonna lift his tail and I need you to stick this in his butt and he was like what <laughs> I'm like I, I don't have an option. I just had tried to do it myself. I couldn't do it. It's just, I need help. And you're the only person here to help me. And you're gonna have to man up and get it done. And he's like, Oh God, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. Let's, let's fly a commercial jetliner. Let's fast forward through the next three or four minutes of arguing to the point where I have the baby caught and I've given him the thermometer and I've caught the baby and I'm presenting him with the area to put the thermometer in. And you know, like if you were to reach over a fence and stretch as far as you can, that's my head. <laughs> he is on one side of the stall Did and he have he gloves on. <laughs> oh, and so he's reaching as far as he can to like try to get it. And the whole time he's going, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm like, man up, get it done. I don't want to do it. Oh God. And then he puts it in and he just, I was like, push the button. Push the button. <laughs> so we finally get it done. I'm so proud. Do you have so the I kind have... of hooks to the tail? So it doesn't... No, this no. is the digital. It's just as fast as I can oh, get it okay. done. Oh, okay. Got it. It's legit. And just so, yeah, not only do you put it in, hold it there. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> other one you have to, you can at least hook to the tail and let it go for a while. Not <laughs> so. on a baby. You can't. So no. Yeah. It was, um, 
So I had to give him my daily winnie. I'm so proud of him. And he, um, you'll hear in just a minute what he did last night that even beats that. And Glenn, I'm sure you have never, ever been man enough to do any of the things. But before we get to that, I need you to play something. Play. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. Yeah, I mean, that's this right. This is going to be gross, isn't it? It's going to be. It, you know what? I I warned all the auditors. Please make sure you're not eating breakfast during the show. But you know what? In an effort to maintain listeners. Um, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Should we go to our guests first and then come out with the <laughs> excitement? I think that's probably a better idea. I think that's a better <laughs> idea because, because Nelda's on hold and I do not need to talk to her about <laughs> uteruses and things like that. She doesn't need to sit on hold and hear that. So let's just bring Nelda on. You guys remember that we decided, um, on our retired racehorse radio, we have been highlighting, we're in a partnership with New Vocations, and we've been highlighting adoptable horses um, through New Vocations, and every one of them has been adopted. So we decided here on Horses in the Morning that we were, were going to As a highlight. result of the show, I'll throw in there. Yeah. 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 It's been really successful, and we've only done four episodes. So uh, I'm really, really proud of that. So what we decided to do on Horses in the Morning is we're not in a partnership with one particular rescue, so let's highlight all of the good ones. And I'm only using highlighting rescues that we have worked with, our listeners have had experience with, because there's a lot of shady places. But I found one that is absolutely amazing. And I would like to welcome Nelda Kettles from Horse and Hound Rescue Foundation onto the show. Good morning, Nelda. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope everything is okay up there in Guthrie, Oklahoma. If you guys want to follow along, you can go to a horse and hound rescue.com uh, is her website. And Nelda, tell us about the horse and hound rescue foundation. Okay. We were established in 2016 and we primarily take horses out of this general regional area, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, and uh, we only have, of course, off-track thoroughbreds, and we have, as you know, some very nice horses come off the track, <laughs> and uh, and I'm looking forward to our horse being adopted. Absolutely, <laughs> keep up your good work. <laughs> oh well, for those who haven't put it together, Nelda and Horse and Hound is where I adopted. Groot and Drax, and Groot is my um, thoroughbred makeover. He's the, he's the one I've slated to go to the, the thoroughbred makeover. Of course, his real name is Lost My Way, and I adopted Nuisance, also from Nelda. So I am a huge fan of Horse and Hound, and when you go to Horse and Hound, you get out of your car, and you're greeted by, like, a hundred dogs that are all seniors and they're all just so happy to see you. And they're just, uh, just a huge pack of dogs. So talk a little bit about the dog portion of the rescue before we start talking about the horses. Okay. Well, the dog portion, we are out in the country and anybody out in the country knows that dogs are going to be dumped on you. And unfortunately in Oklahoma, 
We have a huge population of unwanted dogs, especially seniors and special needs dogs. So since we have the 50-acre facility, and like you said, we needed a welcoming committee, and we definitely (laughs) have that now, that we just allow the dogs that are capable. Of course, some of the dogs are in hospice and, and need to stay up in the office, but the ones that are just elderly but still have spunk are our welcoming committee and allowed to roam the 50 acres and make friends with the horses and the donkeys and, as I said, be our welcoming committee. So where do you get all of these dogs from? The animal control people, um, if they have a, a senior or a special needs dog that has been brought in usually to be euthanized, and if the dog is still uh, still has quality of life and just, you know, unfortunately some people just don't want to deal with an older or a dog that needs special attention, they will call us and we will go get the dog. And a lot of, uh, a lot of our dogs come from families that the people have to go into nursing homes or the people have passed and the other family doesn't want the older dog. And uh, they're great, loving dogs, and they still have a lot of love to give. And we're, we're lucky enough to get some of them adopted and go into uh, into great homes. And the ones that don't, just uh, we provide them a sanctuary, and they live out their life here. Can Can you all listening, Glenn? Can you hear why I love this place? Because I have a huge affinity for senior dogs. And my last Basset Hound that I had. Um, he was a senior that had quality of life left and they were, they were just going to euthanize him at the, at the pound. So, uh, this is, it was, it was such a relief to drive up and see a place. I mean, you're greeted by like a hundred senior dogs and there's racehorses everywhere. What more <laughs> could you ask for out of life? Now, how has this changed your life? What was your life like before you started the foundation? Well, before we did it, my husband and I bred and raced thoroughbreds. So it wasn't quiet then either, to say the <laughs> least, because we, we stood, yeah, we stood for guys. We had about 20 broodmares. And oh uh, so that, that keeps you hopping, as you know what you're dealing with now, <laughs> one with one broodmare, right? Oh, my gosh. But, you had uh, 20 broodmares? Oh. Yes, yes. But my husband got some some health issues, so we decided the best way to give back to the industry that we loved and the horses we loved was to create Horse and Hound and to give the owners and the trainers an option for their racehorses. And basically, that's all that's needed, that people know that there's an option out there, that there are rescues that will take these great horses and you know, give them some time off and give them some retraining and they can go on to various other careers and have outstanding careers in, in a second that's career rather than just being a racehorse. Yeah. And that's what was really interesting to me is even though I've been, I've been to your place a couple of times, I've seen people bringing you sound, healthy horses to rehome and and so much of the industry of of horse racing that people think is like run them and you know they just get run until they can't run anymore and that is not what I'm finding with a lot of the horses that you have for adoption at Horse and Hound. No, absolutely not. Um, as in any industry, 
some horses just aren't cut out to be a racehorse. Maybe they don't have the focus, maybe they don't have the speed, or for whatever reason. And like I said, we're lucky enough to deal with owners and trainers that recognize that and don't try to make a horse do something they don't want to do. And they have the option of bringing them out here. And like I said, we've adopted horses that have gone on to be just trail horses, barrel horses, great event horses, just whatever you can think of. What we try to do is is match the horse to the person with what they're looking for. And then, you know, they they become a project horse. We don't try to to finish a horse by any means, just have a great prospect for whatever the individual wants to go on and do with that horse. When I first called Nelda Glenn, I was looking for something three to 10 that had not had very much training that I could train myself off the track. And I, you know, I was looking for a gelding. So I called Nelda and, and somebody, somebody on some Facebook page recommended horse and ounce. So I call her and I was like, I'm looking for a three, 10 year old gelding and something that doesn't have a lot of training. And her response to me is, uh, this is a candy store for you. You have some time when you go out and it's true. I, so many, well, the other thing I love too about Nelda and horse and hound is she doesn't want to just adopt these horses out. She wants to find the right horse for the right person. And I get there and I see this pretty chestnut with four white socks and I, and I was like, Oh, and she's like, no, not that one. And I was like, what about that? Nope. That was not going to work for you either. You know, that one has a health, this, this one has this, this one has this. And she's so incredibly honest because she doesn't want the horse to go to the wrong place. Am I, am I on the right track here, Nelda? Absolutely. And I think you have to do that with any rescue because whatever you tell somebody about that horse, if you try to mislead them, they're going to find out the minute that horse goes home. So why would you want to do that? We try to be absolutely as honest as we can and tell anything we know about the horse. Now, of course, there might be something come up later that you know can always surprise you, but uh, you wouldn't want to uh, to adopt out a horse with a lot of spirit and a lot of spunk to a twelve year old child. You know, that would just be silly because you would just be creating a bad situation for both the horse and the adopter. So we try to, the more we know about what the individual is looking for, the more we can point them in the right direction of what we have. And right. like you said, we always have some great horses and unfortunately new horses coming in every week. So if we don't have it right now, just wait a week or so. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Uh, when I went there, I looked uh, here, I probably looked at five or six before I found Gruden. You know, it's, it's, it's fun and exciting to have a bunch of as, as the adopter and, and these are, you're not rescuing these horses. We're adopting these horses. Nelda's already done it. And, and racehorses, these horses are just, they're not like on dust. They come in physically fit shape. Great. You know, still with their racing plates on half the time. And so when I was able to put one horse after another, after another in the round pen, you get to a sense of 
this, uh, what these horses are capable of and how, how much variety is within the thoroughbred breed. Like there was one, I'm like, Oh, this is a Western horse right here. Boom. You could just tell what the horses are going to be good at. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. We have a horse that we are going to highlight, by the way, a hundred percent of donations go to the animals. You don't have any paid employees, but talk about your volunteers real quick. And then we're going to find out about windmill man. We have some fantastic volunteers, Kim Lowry, Marilyn Vanderlinden, Kay Howard, uh, Tanya. We have fantastic volunteers that help with everything from the paperwork in the office to riding the horses. Kim does all of our social media, thank goodness, because I could never stay up with all that fun stuff. <laughs> and uh, we just, uh, you know, they, they are as you said, we have nobody is paid. It is an all volunteer, and we Jimmy Walker does most of our uh, feeding of the horses and maintenance of the barn and stuff like that. But the girls, we have riders that like to ride western. We have riders that like to ride English. So whatever the horse tells us he enjoys the most, we go that way. We evaluate the horses. As I said, we certainly don't want to have a horse that that has a lot of energy go to somebody that isn't looking for that. So it's, it's you know, as in anything. And as you said, these are racehorses coming off a very pampered lifestyle off of track. So we want them to maintain that quality of life and just, you know, kind of chill out until we find the person that they want to be partners with and go on to their second career. Before we get one more, one more question, before we get to our adoptable horse of the week, um, I was on your website looking at the available hounds uh, in the portion of the, the I, can, I can't look at the horses because I've already got two of yours. So I can't do it. <laughs> um, but I did find, uh, and I don't know how up to date your website is because you are changing all the time, but I found a little basset hound named Frida. Do you still have Frida? Because if so, you're not going to have her long. <laughs> Frida is actually in the process of being adopted. No! Um, she came from, yes, <laughs> you, you're just, just too late on Frida. She is a tall um, one of the employees at Remington Park Racetrack um, died of cancer, and well, both the, the husband and the wife died, and they had a beautiful King Charles King Charles Spaniel, and Frida, the little basset hound, and again, the family wasn't interested in keeping them, and of course, the King Charles Spaniel got adopted immediately. Frida had a lot of. Uh, issues of just being really afraid of people. I don't know if it was just from uh, from the shock of losing both of her owners. So we had to do a lot of uh, a lot of work with Frida just to get her to relax and like people again. And uh, in fact, the uh, the father of one of our other horse rescues in Oklahoma is uh, has an adoption pending for Frida. Okay. Well, you let me know if that falls through because. I'm a, and, and yes, you call me if you get a basset hound again because I need another basset. Everybody well, needs a basset. Well, actually, what you were to, yeah, what you were talking about. We also have now. He is too old. Well, we also have an 18 year old basset hound in the uh, in the rescue. And he okay, is a I'm dog. on my way. 
<laughs> I'm on my way. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's let's talk before my husband divorces me for getting another dog. Um, Windmill Man. He is a six-year-old gelding. Tell us about him. He is our highlight adoptable horse of the week. Yes, Windmill Man is a big, good-looking six-year-old gelding. He's one head, I think, five outs, and last spring he started getting a little stress in a tendon and rather than continuing running him and getting a bow uh, the trainer and the owner donated him to horse and hound so we gave him stall rest and then pasture rest and he is now uh, ready to go he's good-minded he's big good-looking we've been riding in both English and Western and I think he could really go in, in most any direction. Like I said, the, the best thing is his mind. He's just a really good-minded horse. So he is a big bay horse. He's got a white sock, <clears throat> and he's got a beautiful blaze that goes from forehead all the way to the tip of his nose. He is a, one of the kind of like a darker bay. But again, six years old, that is the age to get going. And and you guys do all the rehabilitation. You do everything that the horse needs to do, which would make me think, okay, you have had this horse rehabbing him for a year. His adoption fee must yes. be through the roof. How much does it cost to adopt Windmill Man? Our adoption fees are always $1,000. We don't vary. We don't try to to price a horse. We have an adoption fee, and that is that is always the adoption fee. I'm now, not, if, you like, know, you we, know, an economics major or anything, but I feel like donations might be very important to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely so. We work with a, a great... Veterinarian Hospital here, uh, Dr. Major at Equine, um, Oakwood Equine, they do, they give us a great break when they can. But yes, we do have an awful lot of veterinary experience. We have, uh, like you said, just a lot of feeding and taking care of them is expensive. So we do, uh, we do depend a lot on uh, donations. And, That's, you know, yeah, like it's I said, be the volunteers are great. All volunteering and all yeah. those things. Horse and Hound Rescue Foundation on Facebook and also horseandhoundrescue.com. You can go and take a look at Windmill Man and see him and see the other horses that they have available at Horse and Hound. And again, keep up with the Facebook page because it, that's what kind of seems to me the the new intakes and the ones that are ready for adoption get posted there first. So Nelda, thank you so much for joining us. And I will make sure I go out and give... Um, Lost My Way, A Nuisance, Drax and Groot, a cookie just from you. Fantastic. I would appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Anita, what this uh, particular thoroughbred that you're looking here, Windmill Man, with that Western saddle on, he kind of has a quarter horsey look. He does, but he seems tall too. Like he's not a not a small thing. So I I, I thought he was beautiful. It's hard to so tell just, when they put those big Western saddles on. <laughs> you know, it's hard. hard obviously, to tell. everybody <laughs> should write English. No. <laughs> yeah, but he's really pretty, and that's what's amazing is he 
potentially had some tendon issues and they're like, zip, pull, pull the plug, get them off, get them over to horse and hound. And, and it's just a really great place. So you and that's guys, in Oklahoma, right? Northern yes, Oklahoma? Yes, it's in Guthrie, Oklahoma, just Guthrie. north of Oklahoma City. Okay. And I mean, there was, oh, I forgot to ask her, they've adopted in in their few short years they've been doing this, over a thousand horses have had a home. I think it's at twelve hundred horses have been rehomed through Horse and Hound. It's just amazing. So it, it is a great place. So uh, what we do want is for you listeners to message me, Jamie at horseradionetwork dot com, if you have a a rescue that you have had work with and you've spent time with and you know that they do a great job. I want to hear about them. Uh, I've had a couple people email me already, but I seem to keep losing them. So if I have not written back to you, then you need to send it to me again. Sorry. Yeah. I, do it by email. It's little... hard to track all of our social media. I, I can't. It just, yeah. It's it, too hard. It's really <laughs> <laughs> text me. I don't care. Just to get it to me. I know. By the yeah. way, it's Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for really bad ads too. Uh, we can't get them yeah. off the Facebook page. We <laughs> So, yeah, email's the best way. We just need to keep things in one place. Yeah. And And we're looking forward to uh, hearing about other horses all around the country that uh, are available, and hopefully we can find some of them a home or two. In the meantime, there's a whole bunch of stuff looking for homes over at horselovers.com. They right now have 85% off sale on brand name items, and I'm talking mountain horse jackets, ovation boot cut jeans, mountain horse shirts, a whole bunch of different Ovation stuff, one of our other terrific sponsors. And we're talking, I'm looking here, 61% off the, the side zip breeches from Ovation, now down to $34. They have the Milano knee patch breeches down to $46 from $89. They have Pessoa open front boots. Pessoa open front boots were hugely popular. Are, are they still as popular as they were? Yeah, if you could afford to have some. Does well, they have them marked them? down from $240 to $130. So uh, half price on the uh, Paso open front boots. You're right. They're probably the most expensive horse boots out there. Um, They have bits on sale right now, which you hardly ever see. They have uh, suede splint boots. I mean, it's just a variety of everything. A lot of times when they have their sales, it's one particular line of products. This is a little bit of everything. They have Happy Mouth uh, bits down to $23, and we all know that Happy Mouth bits can run $50 to $100. So saddle pads, just on and on and on. Go over right now to horselovers.com and click on the 85% off sale banner at the top of the page and you will find uh, all of the products there at horselovers.com all right so i need to play the bumper again do it, i think do it, we do feel it. we need to don't we yeah do it it's time for the horses in the morning horse health report when our intrepid hosts together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade attempt to inform enlighten or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. As a disclaimer, this is the point where all horse husbands bail out. and Unless you're Chad. Unless you're Chad, uh, who had to be there because he didn't want a divorce. And at the point where you're eating breakfast, please uh, drop it for now or come back later. Um, uh, you know what? I'll be I'll be gentle. Should I be gentle or should I just go for, for my it? sake? Yes, you should. Okay, that means I'm going to go for it. All <laughs> right. So yesterday, I'm Pink was out with the baby, and she she kept pawing, 
intermittently, but the other horses were out and she's very protective of the babies. I didn't think anything of it. And I brought her in and she's drinking a lot of water, just drinking and drinking and drinking. And she had some discharge. Okay. And, 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 and that seems to be maybe something that's normal. And then I realized, I don't know, something just made me go, "Mm, I should take her temperature. Because the best and easiest way to find out if your horse has something going on is to take their temperature. I took her temperature. I was like, oh, my God, 104.3. Horses should be around 99 to 100, you know, especially in like a cooler day. And she was 104. So I called a vet. And And the baby was running a fever, too, right? They both got fevers. His is his is a low grade, and they're yeah. not concerned about him yeah. right now. But she, um, I feel like your other baby had that too. Yeah, she did, and she had, Zara had to go through some antibiotics and stuff. But this, but all he does, he sees me and he's like, "Oh, enema or thermometer, something's coming." It's really not. <laughs> going to poke great, me with something. <laughs> not a great relationship I have with little Stanley yet. <laughs> so I call the vet. She's like, "Oh, okay, I'm on my way." And of course, it's. Feeding time at night, which means it's six thirty, seven o'clock, which means emergency vet call. I am so yes. tired of seeing this woman. I've seen her once or She's twice tired a of day. You too. <laughs> I bet she is until she gets that check. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, we we she pulls up and I'm like, hey, like I just saw her yesterday, so it's not like we haven't seen each other in a while. I'm remember how I used to tell you I need friends. I don't want her as my friend. <laughs> I'm tired of her. She's really great, does a great job, but I would like her to not come anymore. Um, so what I noticed with Pink, and I call her and I said, she's got a fever, she's drinking a lot, and there's some discharge. What is discharging? She says, what does it look like? What does it look like? I'm like, well, at first it looked like blood. But now she's dripping pus. Oh! Let me just, let me give you the disclaimer. No, it's not a disclaimer. It's a promise. I will never, ever, in my entire life, ever breed a horse ever again. (laughs) Never. Wait a minute. 34 minutes into the show. Save that. (laughs) Save that. In the Jamie makes a proclamation file. <laughs> okay, got it. Write it down. So, um, uh, the the doctor comes over and she comes over around nine p.m. and backs the truck up, and we're gonna do the same thing we did after the baby was born, which is flush the uterus because potentially the placenta has to pass, and she had a hard time passing the placenta, and you know, I ended up finding it like. Here's another gross one. Finding it in a pile on her stall floor after giving her shots all night long of oxytocin to get her to stimulate contractions. But oh, she may not it, have passed at all. She might not have passed at all. Right. So apparently Pink has a, you know, she's 19. She's, she's old and she doesn't have a great tone in her uterus after six babies. Shocker. Old people can't bounce back after having a baby. Wow. Newsflash. So anyway, um, she has what is called for basically a pyometria, which is a uterine infection. And 
that could be due to a possible small piece of the placenta or a uterine, and I had to write this down, uterine involution did not occur as appropriately as normal. So that just means it didn't go back to, like it didn't tighten up, you know, it didn't go back to normal. So she is, had still, um, she's getting banamine, she's getting antibiotics, she's getting flushes, she's getting plenty of stuff to try to get her to feel better. But through all of this, y'all, oh my gosh, she felt terrible. And she's still out there with the baby, like being the best baby mama ever. So bless her heart, please. And apparently we are not through things. We are not done with things. Um, I asked her, I said, well, this, could this kill her? Could this kill could this kill pink? She was like, you know what? This won't kill her, but the laminitis that will come along with it next <laughs> Great. will kill. Her. I'm like, Oh my God. Do I need to put her feet in the ice? She's like, not yet. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I am just, I, I feel like I can't How, catch a break. How's Chad feel about these vet bills that are coming? Okay. We're, we're not talking about bills right now. Oh, okay. But we, what we will talk about is the continuation of him being awesome. That comes out at nine o'clock last night. We've already put Lucas to bed and I'm like, we need your help. All you have to do because you have to pour this stuff into this tube that the vet has her arm in the, you know, in the uterus and is holding the end of this tube and she can't pour it and hold it because there's just an extra hand that is not there. So, cause I'm holding the mare. And keeping the baby from running out of the stall. So I'm like, Chad, we just need you to pour something into a tube, a pie. So it, it drains down. He's like, okay, cool. So he comes out and he's like, I can do that. You know, it can't be as bad as sticking the thermometer up the butt. Thermometer, <laughs> However, what he did not realize is his location. Oh, near the back feet? <laughs> his location was right in, right in the face. So the first thing she says is, I need you to hold this tail. And I need you to hold the tail so it doesn't um, touch and, you know, get in the hoo-ha area. So hold the tail up. And so he's like right next to her. And then she scrubs pink, you know, and gets her all clean and stuff. And he's just like, he's looking at me like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, okay, I need you to hold this tube, but hold the tail. So she poured with one hand while he held the tail and she's he she like you know plunges her arm in there and he's like oh my I know when, the first time I ever saw that I was a little that way too I was like it's not normal oh it's it's and I'm up front I'm like so I'm grossed out and so that happens and then she's like okay great you can put the tail down he's like okay <laughs> okay she's like I need you to draw up two cc's of this and two cc's of that he's like what. <laughs> But he just does it. He just did what you said. It was so great. So I have some pictures because I'm that kind of wife who's like the jerk. Of course you do. I photographed without him knowing him being the vet assistant. It's fantastic. So I will post <laughs> let's those. Let's post those on the auditor page. Let's, 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 okay, let's not post them in the horses anymore. If you are not an auditor, here yeah, is your yeah, reason why. Yeah, let's, let's keep those in the auditor page. Yes, yeah. it just it won't make sense to to if, if you, you haven't listened to the show, it's not going to make any sense. Yeah, these are so a lot of people on our horses in the morning Facebook page that don't listen to the show and they will not understand <laughs> what these dark yeah. photos are of some dude behind a horse. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll post those. So did they horses. find anything? Did she find anything? So um, yeah. So 
she fleshed out. She was like, "Where are leftover bits?" She said, "Oh, there's still some chunkies coming out." Oh, good. <laughs> well, at least we're getting the chunkies out. That's good. So she flushed until there were not chunkies coming out. <sighs> I like our technical terms here. Blood and chunkies <laughs> is what came out of her uterus. Bless her heart. And apparently the whole uterus like filled up with blood. And so there could be like a little cut or there could be something. Mm. It's uh, it all really, 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 really gross. It's time for and Pink to retire. She is retired. She yes. is retired. She will never have another baby. She never has to do anything ever again except for raise this one and then go stand out in the field with chili and like make out. I don't care. That's it. We're done. But that's that's my life right now. <laughs> Better you than me. I am so glad that it's Chad and not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You've never done anything like that, have you? Oh yeah. I mean we we had babies and stuff and all kinds of cuts and ugh. Now I usually <laughs> did it with my eyes closed and just held. That's <laughs> just I I didn't I didn't really look at a lot of the things. As Jennifer will tell you, I was good at helping, but I wasn't good at looking. you're one of those your wife has a baby you're like i'll wait outside i'll be outside thank you very much and and everybody in the in the room would prefer i was outside so oh yeah 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 i'll stay up here at the head part thank you very much all right well if there is a husband award that can be given like do you guys have like gets it this year we'll have to give him the horse husbands you know we should have him on the horse next horse husbands episode to describe this whole process in his words Oh, I am doing that right there, Chad. <laughs> we'll hear his side of the story, and then we'll play yours and his back to back, and we'll see how they match. <laughs> Mine is one hundred percent. What happened? I don't care what he says. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have to cut things a little short today. I have an appointment to get to, uh, but we have a bonus for the uh, for the recorded listeners, for those that are listening to the podcast, uh, and and uh, before I say that. Remind me on Friday, I've gotten about 100 people, and I'm sure you have too, that have asked for our comments on the BLM's new adoption incentive program that pays out $1,000 per adopted horse or burrow to people who take them. We'll talk about that on Friday. I have my opinions on it, which are kind of mixed, and I want to hear yours, but, and the listeners want to hear ours, so we'll do that on Friday. All right, we'll tease that for Friday. We don't have time today. But we are going to play for the recorded listeners. Uh, you heard that Jemmy and I went to PodFest last week. Jemmy and I actually met at PodFest two years ago and we did a little episode of the finding florida show and we also got to go up on the orlando eye which is the super high ferris wheel and you'll hear about that too so we're going to play that episode of finding florida for you right now for the recorded listeners and uh if you don't want to hear it you can just turn the show off and come back tomorrow we have the fox hunting episode so that'll be on the show here tomorrow but i think you'll enjoy we had a lot of fun hearing from other podcasters and i know a lot of you listen to other shows and like hearing about other shows and we met one darling little 10-year-old podcaster that you're absolutely going to love and that Jemmy has kind of taken under her wing, whether she wanted to or not. Jemmy adopted her. So uh, that's all coming up right now. And Jamie, good luck. We'll see you on Friday. <sighs> really bad Thank ads. You. Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Get your ads Hey, Neuter Guild. <laughs> Bye. This is episode 17, a special bonus episode of the Finding Florida podcast on the Florida Podcast Network. We're turning business trips into workations. We hope you're ready for an adventure. 
Welcome to Finding Florida, the podcast that takes you from country to the coast. Join your tour guides, an unlikely pair, city girl Jemmy and country boy Glenn, as they explore the amazing sights and sounds of the Sunshine State. Last episode, we took a look at the boating life in Florida at the Miami International Boat Show. If you missed it, go back and take a listen to episodes 16A and 16B. Well, one of the other things that Florida is known for is conventions, conferences, all that stuff, and especially where you bring your family along with you to enjoy the theme parks and whatnot. So this month, Glenn and I went to PodFest in Orlando and thought, well, why don't we ask people who are also descending on PodFest how they were turning their PodFest business trips into workations. So come along. This has to be the biggest state for workations. I don't know if there's ever been a study done for that, but you know, I don't know either. You're going to Vegas. You're you're not going to bring your little tiny kids along, oh, right? Oh, absolutely not. No, and, and no. You know, that's the number one uh, convention location. But, you know, other conventions may be in California and stuff, but Florida is just made for it, whether you're going to the beach. Especially Orlando. Or the parks, wherever you're going, there's something to do to bring your family along. So I I think this was perfect. This was your idea, and I think it was terrific. Ah, thank you. Thank you. I'm patting myself on the back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, so PodFest is the second largest uh, podcasting conference in the world. It happens here in Orlando every year. I've been going to it for probably five or six years, year three or four. My third, uh, yeah. Third year. Uh, So it's grown so much. I mean, it's huge now. And there are so many podcasters from all over the place, but there are also a ton of podcasters from Florida. And we met a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got to meet a lot of budding podcasters who want to start podcasts in Florida as well. So so PodFest is a lot of fun. And and you know, podcasters like to talk. So we had a chance (laughs) to catch up with a couple of them. And uh, before we get to all of them, don't forget the pictures and videos of all our escapades for this episode. We had lots of pictures from this episode. You can want to check them out, including uh, one where we were really high up. You can find them in the show notes at Finding Florida. I'm glad you added the word up because really high up. Like, really? (laughs) We were really high up. Really high up. Up, people up. One of my favorite parts of this episode is something that I'm just going to tease real quick. Guys, we found out about, it was the biggest gift we could have gotten. I can't wait for you to hear from Jill and Tyler about uh, what the impact of this show has made for them. I can't wait for people to hear yeah, that. Yeah, we met listeners there, too. So it was yeah. great. So head to FindingFloridaPodcast.com for all the pictures. So you'll find it there. Well, it started on a Thursday at 9 a.m. And here is what happened on our workation adventure. So the amazing thing about podcasting to me is it can capture intimate moments that cannot be captured any other way. Ran into people that were just starting and really learned the nuts and bolts of how to start a podcast. So those connections and that network that you build with the fellow attendees here at PodFest is invaluable. First person that has to be leading this is one of the top podcasters in the state of Florida, and he podcasts about the place that everybody wants to go, and that's Walt <laughs> Disney World. He's been doing it forever. Yeah, I've met him years ago, and I was so excited. It was like meeting a celebrity, and it's still like meeting oh, a celebrity. He's so Lou. fantastic, <laughs> Lou Mangiello. So nice. Of WDW Radio. It's one of the longest running podcasts for Walt Disney World. He pretty much knows everything there is to know about that place. And I can't wait to meet him next time we're in Orlando because he said he'd take us someplace fun. So this is Lou <laughs> I think Mangiello. A helicopter might be involved. Yes. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Your information station. 
So we have made it here to PodFest where we are excited to talk to as many of our friends as possible about workations and what they're doing to extend their time here, make it extra fun. And we couldn't have found the most <laughs> more perfect person to start this conversation than our buddy Lou Mangiello who just talks about Orlando and Disney and all the fun things all the time. So you must talk to people all the time who are extending business trips into vacations and making them workations. What's it like for, for you to talk to people doing that? What have, what have they talked to you about? So it's so funny because we as conference goers, you know, we go, we, we travel throughout the country, the world, and usually our families are like, have a good time, yeah. peace out. See ya. You tell them <laughs> that you're going to a conference in Orlando and mommy Forget and the kids it. are coming. Daddy and the kids are coming and they get to go and play while we quote unquote um, go and work. So it's really interesting to see um, a lot of times, sometimes the conference goers are like, can we speed this up? Because I want to go meet my kids in Magic <laughs> right, Kingdom. Right, like, right, right, you know, right, right. This conference room food is it's delicious. So, suddenly However, it starts to take a back seat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you hear a conference in Orlando and all of a sudden it's, a, it's an excuse. You know, so what travel. are some of the best tricks for turning a business trip into a workation in Orlando? <laughs> so when you say tricks, I don't mean like, so how do you write this whole thing off for the IRS? <laughs> That's, that's not what you mean. Well, if you want to give some of that too, I mean, I'm not going to stop you. You know, I think from a, like like a Disney, Disney a lot of times will offer like after five park tickets, so your family can go play in the parks or do whatever, and then you can go meet them without having to spend all the money on a park oh, ticket. Oh, you have to buy a full day for yourself. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, there's also plenty of places that don't require a ticket. So like Disney Springs is a shopping and dining and entertainment area. Clearly, I enjoy my... Don't look. I clearly enjoy the food at Disney. <laughs> you caught me, didn't you? <laughs> I'm wearing black because I'm you hoping... You motion towards your midsection. I mean, come on. I'm wearing dark for the so same reason. You have to try out every restaurant. I, it's research, It's required. Man. I'm doing... That it. is a write-off. It is. A, <laughs> shh. I don't want to do it. I have to do it, of course. <laughs> okay, well, then we'll put you on the spot. Do you have one or two favorite yes. Disney restaurants? What are okay. they? So, believe it or not, my favorite restaurant, not just in the Disney world, but the world world is the Boathouse in Disney Springs. Oh, yeah. It is a Gibson. It's fairly new, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Only a few years. It's right on the water. It's seafood. It's a Gibson Steakhouse. Far and away, some of the best food I've ever had. There's also a Morimoto Asia down there. There's an Art Smith's Homecoming. I'm, fa- I'm famished. So, <laughs> yeah. We got him started on a topic I think he likes. So Disney Springs, you just talked about that. And for people coming in, it it, it has grown three times to what it was five years ago. Even. Yeah. One of the best Lego Land stores you'll ever see. Yeah. And, he, and you can park. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. So, you, I mean, for Disney, how important was it making that space that's free to get into so much bigger? So I think it, it serves a couple of masters, right? So one, as a local... Disney Springs is our fifth theme park. We spend more time at Springs than we do in some of the other parks because you can just go in, you can wander, you can shop. There's a ton of live entertainment throughout the day. And they've also really made it so much more family-friendly. So there's attractors for kids, adults, locals, as well as the first-time visitors that now don't have to go to iDrive or Mall of Millennia to go shopping, it's all right there on Disney property. Okay, so we talked a little bit about what you can do if you have your kids along with you. What if you don't have the kids? It's just oh, you and your yeah. honey, your significant <laughs> other. What's a really great spot to check out on a workation here? So believe it or not, I, I'm going to send you back. We'd send you to Disney Springs because after your conference, you don't have to rent a park ticket. You can go and wander. There's some wonderful places like to get late night snacks. There's like a wine bar. So there's adult places there. Or I would say to go to Epcot because you can sort of 
Wander the World Showcase. There's 11 different countries. There's always a festival going on. So there's food and wine and flower and garden. They often have well, the After Five Park tickets as well. And the night with fireworks and yeah. all our listeners are going to be super shocked to hear that I've actually never been to the food and wine festival. So it's going I know it's going to have to happen at what some point. At you? some point today, we've talked a lot about Disney Springs, and sadly, they're not. This segment is not suddenly sponsored by them. <laughs> but if you want to learn more about all the other fun things that they can do in Orlando, where can people find you and your show? So you As if f- they don't know already. I'm, I'm sure they don't. So everything I do on the Disney side of things is at wdwradio.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lou. Thank you guys so much. We have to go to food and wine and flower and garden. I know. We're suddenly oh, putting a really, right now. Putting yeah, a really great list hey, together, guys. Let's just skip the rest of the conference. <laughs> you talked me right into it. We actually. suddenly just turned this into an like awesome workation. <laughs> Welcome to our world of fun. It's made for you and me. In the lead up to PodFest, we got a lot of reposts, retweets, and all kinds of fun stuff on social media from Stephanie Lahart. She was running the social media for PodFest. And when we finally got to meet her there, well, we found out that she and her whole family had turned PodFest into a workation. It's actually pretty fa- fascinating how just how dedicated they are to Disney. You were telling us who's along with you on this trip and what you all have been doing. So please share with our listeners how you've made this PodFest into a workation. Well, um, actually, it was my older sister who made it into my workation because I told her I'm going to Orlando to do PodFest. And she immediately said, great, we're going to meet you down there. We're all going to you Disney World. You are not World. going alone, girl. No. no, I have two sisters. I'm the middle child, so I do what I am told. <laughs> So she was like, oh, we're coming down and we're going to do a sister trip. So my two sisters are like Disney aficionados. So they not only decided they were coming down to meet me here, but they planned the entire trip. So we're doing it like right. I mean, they have every moment of our day scheduled out, every reservation made, every ticket bought. And I'm just like along for the ride. Oh, my gosh. This is exactly what I was predicting. Yes. There's so many conventions that happen in Orlando and it's the hub of like these theme parks and stuff. I bet you... Everybody who knows their family members going to Orlando on a business trip is like, um, and so are we. (laughs) And can I tell you the best part? Like, so I'm working here at the convention, so I didn't have to pay to come here. I'm like, you know, an employee. Everything's paid for it. Well, my sisters, because they're so uber Disney, they have points on everything. They've paid for my entire Disney trip, (gasps) too. I have to tell you, when we were younger, Disney was our family trip. We did three years, three different trips, and it was literally the best time of our lives. Like, my sisters and I, if we look at each other, we'll sing this. Disney song. They used to pipe this Disney Aww. song. They, I'll sing it for you. They used to pipe this Disney right, song through on the TV. Go. It goes, Walt Disney World, Walt Disney, Disney World. World, it's a brighter day. American yeah. apple pie will always stay. Where can you find a child who dreams the dream a whole life through? Where the older folks and the younger folks together share a happy tune. Walt Disney World, Walt Disney World. It literally I was drummed it. in I to our brain. You didn't even know. Oh, that was going to happen. Oh, yeah. So that's that's what's happening. I got goosebumps. I'm so excited. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Philadelphia. I currently live in Los Angeles. Uh, But yeah, Disney World is where we're all getting together for our family reunion, me and my sisters. And I'm your sisters excited. are from where? They live in Philadelphia still. This wow. It's going to be yeah. a great time yeah. of year to go, too. This we is are a so, great time of year to it's go. It's perfect. The yeah. weather's perfect. The everything. Perfect. So <laughs> I'm excited for long. my, what yeah. we call it, staycation, work vacation? Work- workation. Workation. So let me ask you, what kind of Mickey ears are you looking forward to the most? Everyone's got to get Mickey ears when they go to Disney. 
I am the middle child of three sisters. I'm probably have mine already ordered, delivered with my name on them. <laughs> they were they like have a bracelet for me. Do you have I'm sure. Like yeah. I don't even know. I just show up. I mean, that's why I'm actually so good at social media because I'm really good at like conversations, like listening, and then like making sure like everybody's like on the same page. Like it's been my entire life. So you give you, they give you the schedule, and then you make sure everyone sticks to it. Yeah. No. I just yes. Okay. So everybody has a favorite park. What's your favorite park? For Disney World, yeah. I don't know because I haven't been there in so long. Oh, so okay. can I answer that later? Can I yeah. email yeah, you guys? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to know. What your, I, I, what I'm your probably going to say, so like Disney Parks, you mean like the entire parks like Epcot or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'll have to get back to you. I don't well, even know. Well, Jimmy, what's your favorite park? My favorite park. Okay, so I have been to Walt, uh, Magic Kingdom a lot in the last few years because I have a little child. Okay. And so that's, that's my favorite right now because it has, like you, it's been a while since I've been to the other ones. I don't remember if I've ever, I don't think I've ever been to Animal Kingdom. Oh, actually, I did for some fireworks years ago, but that was like 15 minutes of fireworks when I was gone. That was it. Um, and so, I, I, we, and we went to Animal Kingdom briefly, the Ed Lodge. So for me to go to anything other than that, I mean, I've been to Epcot briefly, but I haven't really been had the full Disney yeah. park experience or anything but Magic Kingdom for quite some time. So I'm what looking forward to that. You know what, though? Finding Florida. Stop Why it. Do we Stop it. That? You know what, though? My son turns seven on Sunday. He's promised a trip to Universal Studios. So it's not Disney, but I'm going to Universal <laughs> Studios. So it's been a while since that. I'm checking something off the list. Okay, what I'm going to do is after my trip, I'm going to send you the itinerary that my sister's developed and stuck me to and then you guys should repeat it and see if you can keep up i don't think because so. they're you trying to do everything they're trying to do everything in like three days all right let uh, me explain something to you if if anything happens on that trip you are the one taking him to the er not me yes yes <laughs> Yes, okay. It's hard to do all that in three days. Yeah, I know. I know. I brought my running shoes, so I'm ready to go. There you go. You're going to have a blast. Have a terrific time. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Thank you, Stephanie. Disney World, Disney World, it's a brighter day. American apple pie will always stay. With little children's laughter, balloons and a big parade. It's a brighter day, a brand new world at Disney World. Well, I am with good friends of ours for a long time, Tyler and Jill of the Cash Flow Guys podcast. Jill is not a guy, but... Uh, she's not. She's, There's a whole story for that. <laughs> so you just told us the most amazing story, and it involves this show that we're doing right now, Finding Florida. Right. You told me first that you just are selling everything, you're buying an RV, and you're going on the road. We are, full-time. Yes. Why? Yes. Well, because my, Jill has MS. And her days are numbered as far as her ability to walk and run around and enjoy life and do the stuff. Not that she runs unless something's on fire. Right. But, <laughs> or she's being chased. <laughs> but if she ever wanted to, the opportunity to do that might be, might be limited. So we want to enjoy life now. Yeah. We're, we, got, we escaped the rat race and we wanted to do our retirement now and then we'll figure stuff out later. So you right? bought the RV. Bought the RV. You we bought did. a big one. We did. we did. Well, we started actually listening to your show first. Right. And because we know you, Glenn, like you said, we've known you for a while and we know you. And so we were listening to your show and we were like, well, hey, this is something we could do. And the more we thought about it and the thought about it and thought about it. Yeah. Let me clarify that. You were listening to our crazy show yeah. and it motivated you guys to go on a permanent vacation. Yes. It, it all started with Disneyland because... Disneyland to me would normally be boring, but you guys made it fun. 
And then you took us there twice. Do you know that episode just about killed us, the 10 free things to do in one day in Disney World? I can imagine. I remember you saying that, actually. We don't recommend it to anybody, except we kind of totally did to everybody on that episode. (laughs) It's so amazing. You you know, we always always say in podcasting, you don't know how you're affecting people. Right. We didn't know this till two minutes ago, and... I'm, I don't know yeah, what to say. It changed, dumbfounded. Our, it changed yeah. our lives. Yeah. yeah, I am too. Well, if we can change lives for the best, I hope it goes well now. Because know, right? this whole adventure sucks. <laughs> we'll do a shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we come back separately and talk about the divorce? <laughs> but I think it's so neat that you guys are going to take what you're doing now on the road. Yes. So what you're doing for a living is kind of becoming a permanent workation. The Cashflow Roadshow, which is the name of our new podcast. And what are you going to be doing on the road? Traveling, enjoying it, having life. But you're going to do your show, so what's the show going to be? The show's going to be about how to live on the road, how to support yourself while living on the road full-time. Right. You know, how to build passive income, how to put systems together that puts money in your pocket so you can travel and enjoy the lifestyle. And how to empty the dump tank and how to, yes, how to repair the RV alongside a mountain. How to find a parking space at Publix when (laughs) everybody else decided to go there. Which Walmart's the best to camp at overnight. (laughs) I've already been told I'm not allowed to camp at Walmart. She won't do the Walmart camping thing. They're free. (laughs) Yeah, I tried that. Well, you know what? You guys are actually the third couple I've talked to today who's doing this exact same thing. Really? Yes. We just spoke with the folks over at Podcasters Toolbox. They're talking about doing the same thing. They're living almost a nomadic life. Natalie Jennings, who did our photo shoot. If you go to FindingFloridaPodcast.com, you can see her photos. She did an awesome photo shoot a couple years ago. and Or last year at Podfest or sometime. Anyways, she is living a nomadic life now, too. They're going to rent an RV and do the whole thing. So I think this might actually be a new trend we're discovering right here, right now at Podfest, that people are doing that. They're they're taking work, work vacations to a whole new level and turning it into a permanent lifestyle. That's yeah. amazing. So your show is going to really, it's perfectly timed. Absolutely, perfectly you know, timed. You should start a show called Finding America. It's probably not a bad idea. And and then you have to give us fifty percent of royalties from now on. That's my idea. You heard it here first. Clarifying folks. that we have it recorded. I need where's Sean yesterday. I need my attorney. <laughs> well, when the Finding America show comes out, uh, but where else can they? Where can they find everything you're already doing? Cashflowguys.com. If you search Cashflowguys, you'll get you'll get both of us. Actually, will come up. Uh, obviously, I started Cashflow Guys, and you know, oops about the guys part, but. You search that, you'll find content from both of us. Yes. And then the Cashflow Roadshow is going to be our new podcast. Well, I love it. And YouTube channel, for that matter. Can we visit you somewhere? Yeah, fly on out. Yeah, that would be fun. There you go. Good luck, guys. Maybe we could do a destination in Florida together. Yes, yes. We'll do it. And you can take it. You know what? We want to do an RV trip. Maybe you guys have just invited us to be in yours. Here we go. Well, thank you. So it is big enough. Well, you and you went to that RV show the other day, so I saw some really cool ones. So we're excited to do an RV show. I so thank you. It's very humbling for you guys to share that story, and we're we're excited that you're inspired. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for putting together the content. Yeah, it's hard to work with her. I was gonna say the same about you. Actually, I've known you. Ain't that the truth? You poor woman. Would you Would you like a drink or five? Well, I'm about to go on stage, but right after. That, that makes public speaking a lot more fun. I've heard, Thank you guys. Flintstone Media has been the digital bedrock of several Florida brands and businesses, serving as a highly resourceful website and podcast production house since 2010. 
Ready to be seen? Flintstone Media has crafted the online presence for dozens of brands. In creating an intelligently built website that acts as your business's beacon, Flintstone Media will craft solid and attractive content to control your brand's message, collect visitor data, and showcase what you have to offer. Ready to be heard? Work with a leader in Florida's podcasting industry and add a podcast to your brand's content offerings. From setup to recording and distribution, Jemmy will lend her experience producing over 500 episodes and make the process of creating your show simple and easy for you. Visit FlintstoneMedia.com for website and podcast samples to ignite your digital presence. That's FlintstoneMedia.com. This next girl, I am so excited to be introducing the world to. Her name is Izzy Jerome, and she was there with her dad, James, and she was the youngest podcaster at PodFest, 10 years old. Needless to say, she did not go out to Howl at the Moon with the rest of us for the big party. Instead, her dad did the right thing and took her for some um, Orlando-based adventures as their uh, workation. So I, I asked Izzy, I said, listen, why don't you tell us what you enjoyed with your dad while you were in Orlando? And here's what she had to say. And if you want to catch more from Izzy, just check her out at Reporting Live. Tell us about your time here at PodFest. Well, I've had a lot of people wanting to interview me, and I want to interview them, too. I have a couple interviews set already for the spaces we have. That's amazing. So do you, do you appreciate yet how, um, how there aren't very many children doing what you're doing? Do you appreciate that you're kind of, you're kind of rare? Yes, because I'm like... Um, I haven't seen any other kids here, so mostly <laughs> that's a good clue, right? That's a good clue. Oh my gosh! So how? So you um, have seen your father do some podcasting, yeah? And so you helped him out a little bit with that. Tell us about that experience working with your dad and how that got you into podcasting. Well, we did a podcast called Whispers of the Paranormal, and I was just reading stories from people that sent in about their experiences. And I didn't really just like doing that, mostly. And I would do the intros. Was it scary? Um, not really. Oh. <laughs> I was scared. Oh. <laughs> I just told you my ghost story. Was that scary? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So you were here with your dad, James. And James, what do you have planned for your time in Orlando to make this business trip into a workation? What so are you guys dating into? I would say it didn't help pulling in last night and seeing those three colorful rides right outside All the hotel. All lit up neon, exactly. right? Exactly. And then she had us pull up on the internet what time they're open till midnight <laughs> is their time. So we'll be going tonight when everyone else is having a great time at Howl at the Moon. We're going to be doing some uh, videoing of us you going on these You are not rides. doing the crazy ride with the chairs that goes around at 100 miles an hour up to about 30 feet high, are you? Yes. No. The look on her face just changed, and I think that's a no. Crazy chair ride? Yes, we are. Oh, my God. If she makes he? me go, we're going. <laughs> record i wouldn't do that in years. <laughs> so you're not going to take your 10 year old to howl at the moon party tonight i can't imagine why not <laughs> so you guys live in venice which is about an hour and a half two hours away so what are you looking forward to most on your trip to orlando um i saw that there was tons of rides and i want to go on the really high ferris wheel oh the big eye you yeah. want to do the eye uh-huh. yeah, we're going to do that tomorrow too that looks like fun <laughs> yeah, it's better than all the other ones. Yes. Are you going to record while you're on it? 
Probably. Yeah, of course. She records everywhere. You better. I want to hear what you have to say while you're reporting live. So I can't wait. And on that note, everybody else, subscribe now to Reporting Live, which is going to start airing pretty soon. So we're pretty excited to see what you have to say. And Izzy, you are the future of this podcasting space. So your energy fuels us and makes us really excited. So thank you. Thank you. Wow, we were right down the street where the convention was, was right down the street from Icon Orlando 360, or otherwise known as the Orlando Eye. It's the great big Ferris wheel. <laughs> and everybody sees anytime you come into Orlando. It stands like 500 feet high. It's huge. And we've always been wanting to do it, but uh, Jenny's always been a wimp about it. So uh, now, Whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. For the record, it hasn't been a heights thing. It's been a time thing. Yes, but this it time has. it was a heights thing. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. But we thought this would be a great way to turn our own uh, business trip into a location for ourselves. So here we've got And we did. We grabbed some podcasters and drug them along. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we present Icon Orlando. Okay, everybody, we are about to get on the Orlando Eye. Jemmy is here and a whole bunch of podcasters are here. And we have two that have been on an eye before, and that was in London. Yeah, the official real eye. The official <laughs> real eye. We're going to meet them as we're up on top. As we're all throwing up, they're going to be cool and calm. So, well, Oliver, not so much. No. Look on his face. <laughs> I can't deal with heights. <laughs> There's about five of us that can't deal with heights, so that's good. Yeah, uh, everybody everybody knows me. I really We've got to go. We're all. about to find Florida the highway. Well, this is special correspondent Jemmy calling from London on the eye. Except I'm not, and I'm just Jemmy doing a terrible British accent because I'm on the Orlando Eye having an amazing time with a bunch of new friends and we're making and old friends. And we are going up, are making our slow ascent. And we have how many of us are in here, guys? Eight. 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 Alright, okay. We'll do a quick round. Names. Why point to you? Tyler Chef. Kevin Galang. Ollie McGrath. And he's from England. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Shardlow. England. England. That's a real accent, guys. <laughs> Gabriel Aloisi from Tampa. Jill Chef from Tarpon Springs, Florida. And it's everybody's first time except you guys. How does this compare to London, though? Oh, you know, it's very similar, actually. Yeah, I think it's very similar. <laughs> it's, um, it's a similar height, a little bit smaller here. But the difference is in London, you see history all around. But you, you don't see, see it all for lot. Right there, you see big ben and, all and everything. Here, you can see for miles. <laughs> <laughs> and there's not a lot to see. It's amazing. Oh look, we can see though, over there is Disney Springs, and see the hot air balloon at Disney Springs is going up. Wow. So we see that, we can see Epcot, we can see probably if if it was clear enough, we could see the castle. Uh, which would be to the right of Epcot over there. We could probably see the castle, but wow. it's not quite clear enough. We just started. Mm-hmm. We see, yeah, we see the skyline. We see Universal Studios is right over here. So that's we've right just, there. Just started. We've just hit the crest. Now we're going downwards. We're starting nope. our. Oh nope. no, no, no! You got a long way to go, that girl. I'm telling myself these things, guys. Follow, play along. <laughs> So right here, we can see Universal. Right there where all the rides are is Universal. And we are higher than all of the rides. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel the shaking? <laughs> <laughs> so, Everybody jump up and down. 
right? No. no! I'm trying my hardest to keep it together. I'm doing really good to not tinkle. I <laughs> who's who's going to do the king of the world? I think it should be you, Glenn. Oh, oh you are the king yes, of the world. Yes, you are the most. What one of the most successful me? podcasters on planet Earth. Earth. So you are the king of the world. That's right. <laughs> oh, 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 I want to hear it. Hey, what's the line again? I'm king of the world. I'm king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while we were at the conference, we did actually did a session, Jimmy and I did, on doing local podcasts. And waiting for us after we were done was Elizabeth and some of her friends from the city of Lakeland. She works in the communications department, and they're doing some podcasts. And it just was perfect, and you'll hear why. <laughs> So we're so excited that on our next adventure, you heard all about the different people who are doing workations here in Orlando. But just below Orlando is one of the towns that we had so much fun in on one of our cross-country adventures, and that was Lakeland. And we have Elizabeth, who is here from the city of Lakeland. We just met at PodFest. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. So, Elizabeth, Lakeland, we're coming down in a couple of weeks. That's why I wanted to have you on. We're ending with your interview. is because in a couple of weeks, we're coming to, what, the second largest air show in the world? Yes. Yes, and actually Lakeland Linder, Linder International Airport now, um, they have, I believe, the most air traffic in the world at that time. It may be in the U.S., but it's, it's a big number um, during the, the Sun and Fun Air Show. I do seem to remember that stat from when we were there for the checking out the museum and talking to them. They did say it's like the biggest, craziest air, air space time in all of the world. Yes, the most <laughs> amount of planes taking off and landing at one time. The air traffic controllers in Orlando must hate this. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I have to work overtime. So what fun are we looking forward to at the Sun and Fun Fly? What are we going to see? What are we going to do? Oh, man. Well, there's always the Blue Angels. They come down and they do their air show. And I Have feel you like ever seen the Blue Angels? I've never been to an air show because for some reason I'm super nervous about seeing something tragic happen. I need to get over that clearly. And I, I'm assuming I might not be the only one. So if anybody else has a thought like that, like give me the incursion to say, okay, these guys are professionals. They're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Go to the air show. <laughs> yes, go to the air show. It's amazing. It and amazing. it's funny because I'm not actually... Before I lived in Lakeland, I wasn't even really into air shows. I, I didn't really care about airplanes. But um, once uh, I live about a couple miles from Sun and Fun, and so my house, I can see the planes. Is going your house over. shaking all day? Uh, yes, yes, all day. <laughs> you can hear them all day, all over town. But um, but just seeing them, I don't know. It gives you chills just seeing, especially the Blue Angels, because they do such cool maneuvers in the air. But just all the different. I mean, hundreds of airplanes, and you can go inside the airplanes and explore, and there's, there's families there that are just having fun with the kids, and then there's, you know, aeronautics experts who are there, and you can tell they really, you know, they just want to know the science it. of yeah, everything, yeah. and I mean, it's just a huge, diverse group of people, and it's really high energy. And this energy. gets a ton of visitors. Yes, a yeah. ton, and I wish I knew the number, but it's a ton. It's a ton. <laughs> so what else is Lakeland known for? So Lakeland is... What do we say? It's a, it's a, it's close to everything, but away from it all. Something like that. That's the um, feeling we got, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's kind of, it's a. I came from New York City most recently, and so compared to New York City, it's a, I saw it as a small town. But now that I've been living there for a few years, I love it because it's there's a lot to do actually in Lakeland. The artist community's growing. Um, there's tons of parks. There's hiking. There's you know, there's there's trails and there's the Parks and Recreation, since I do work for the city, the Parks and Recreation um, Department has done an amazing job of even the playgrounds. I have kids, so 
there's lots of family stuff, but then there's cool little coffee shops and little, I don't know, kind of hipster. There's like a hipster kind of community <laughs> growing up there too. And the university, Southeastern South University and Florida Southern and uh, Florida Polytechnic and even Polk State College, they're all growing. So, so I mean, obviously we've already done one, one adventure there. I was part of one. And then we're going to the Sun and Fun Air Show. Mm-hmm. So it sounds from every, the list you just rattled off, like there is definitely at least a third trip to Lakeland in our oh, yeah. future. So what would be maybe the, like if you had to say one or two top things for us to check out in Lakeland um, that we would just have to go and experience that maybe you can't get anywhere else, what would you say? Okay, well, I really like the feel of just the downtown area around Munn Park. Um, there is, there's a lot of new little shops. If you like looking in shops and restaurants and stuff like that, just kind of just taking a little walk. The downtown's not too big, so you're not going to spend hours and hours, but um, go around the main little center and then fr- off of off of uh, the downtown Mun Park area, there's Lake Mirror, the Lake Mirror Promenade. The, sorry, the Francis Langford Francis Langford Promenade at Lake Mirror. She's she was a famous actress back in the 30s, I think. But um, but they've it's this old. It's got this cool historic architecture and these columns, and it's really really pretty. You can walk around that lake. There's a couple of restaurants just off that lake that are really good. Um, and then I would just say kind of exploring the downtown. And then if you keep walking, there's Lake Morton where you can feed the swans. Uh, that they originally came from uh, Queen Elizabeth. Oh wow! And yeah, the original swans. Of Lakeland. So, <laughs> so is Lakeland a very walkable town? It yes. kind of sounds like it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then if you want to get more into the little coffee shop, um, kind of the artsy area, you can you could actually walk down to Dixieland. I probably would drive. But um, <laughs> just because of how the road layout is there. But um, there's a couple little coffee shops um, in Dixieland. And there's murals going up. Uh, stop and look at the new murals that are downtown off of South Florida Avenue. And... Where can yeah. people find us? Is there a website for the city? Yes, lakelandgov.net. Lakelandgov.net. Thanks a bunch. We're looking forward to this. It's going to be yes, fun. Yes, I can't wait to see you guys. But could we all just wrap it up and go home? And now it's time for us to wrap our adventure. And <laughs> this was an interesting uh, time for us because Jemmy and I met at PodFest two years ago. This show would not have happened, this Finding Florida podcast, and none of this would have happened had we not met there two years ago. So true. So we owe it to Chris and to PodFest uh, and to everybody that helps organize that event and run that event uh, for us being one of the most successful travel podcasts in Florida. And you know what? Now that I think about it, the whole reason you and I are even friends and partners and all that is because I did exactly what we just did. We just shoved microphones into <laughs> random podcasters' faces. And if you remember, that was what I did yep. the first time I went to PodFest. I shoved a random no, microphone. She about tackled me, is the honest to God truth. To <laughs> <laughs> so the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, especially when it's yourself and two, two years later. <laughs> so yeah. But it was so great. It yeah. was, so for us, it's kind of like an anniversary too of where we where we first met it's true yep. it's true it, it is i think we might have a drink or two to celebrate that <laughs> so so this is fun for us because we do get to meet podcasters but a lot of them are from florida and mm-hmm. there's a lot more action going on in florida podcasting than i would say probably any other state it's huge here and it's it's getting bigger it always has been huge uh but it it you know, for us to get to spend some time and actually do something fun, the I was the Orlando 360 was a lot of fun. It was great, and the 
best part of that was that we had listeners. It wasn't just that there were friends and fellow podcasters there. We were getting approached by listeners of this show, all excited to join in or tell us what they loved about the show, that they liked it. It was mind-blowing. And then afterwards, you're like, wait a minute, if this is what this person's telling me, what is what are other people not telling us? My gosh, it's just, it's exciting. Well, at- I mean, we got one convert. I got, so <laughs> PodFest is a lot of fun for a lot of reasons, including the big party they throw <laughs> every year. And this year was at Howl at the Moon. And I'm at, I'm at the bar because, you know, I'm known to be there and <laughs> get a tap on my shoulder from Mark, who was uh, our buddy out of the UK. And he's like, hey, I just want to let you know that Okay, this is still blowing my mind. So he was in a day early because they were flying from the UK. And he thought, he and well, Ollie, I Mark know- and Ollie. <laughs> Mark and Ollie. So I'm like, he's like, you know, with free day, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So we started thinking, okay, let me look at who's going to be in town. And that led him to us and then our show and da da da. So, anyways, he finds Finding Florida and discovers our very first adventure. Which was right. What was it again? Glenn? Ten free things to do at Disney World using only Disney transportation in one day, and then you die. It's basically yeah. insanity piled on top <laughs> of insanity, and he did it. He took I notes felt- and he repeated our adventure. I mean, come on! It's so cool. He said it was difficult. It was hard to do. I said, "Yes, it was." It was. <laughs> we <laughs> agree. Ten years <laughs> onto you, Mark, and then that's about how Glenn felt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy to have and then so then to have jill and tyler tell us yeah, what they shared with that us earlier and, in the show and it, it, that just <sighs> i mean we we both almost teared up when we heard that almost are you kidding yeah. me i mean to know because i grew up for years i had a good friend who has you know multiple sclerosis and so to hear her hear jill jill tell us that that was their their motivation was was what they are facing in her future and how our show has has influenced that and changed that for them is just powerful guys oh wow that was phenomenal. we always say in podcasting you never know who's listening and you don't you have no mm-hmm. idea and you know it's interesting. I've known Tyler for and Jill forever, and they never even told me they were li- they listened to the show. So I mean, <laughs> there you go. I mean, they could have just you could have just told us you were listening. We'd appreciate. I know, it. <laughs> I know. But again, it goes back to who else is out there listening that we don't know about. And yay, actually, that reminds me. If you want to tell us that you're listening, we would love to hear it. Please email us. Uh, you can email me, Jemmy J A I M E at Florida Podcast Network dot com or Glenn G L E N N at Florida Podcast network.com we would love to hear your feedback your stories if you're finding your own florida adventures um that'd be great and actually one little thing i'm going to drop here on the fly one uh idea that podfest sprung for us was the idea of perhaps having roaming correspondence so if you'd like to apply i'm putting it out there right now to send me an email when maybe we will consider you to become part of the show every once in a while we yeah, I think one of the things, too, that we don't mention enough on this show is that there is a Florida Podcast Network, and one of the things we were doing was meeting with people who are looking at doing local shows in Florida, and mm-hmm. we started one of those recently, didn't we? So let's give a plug to her. It just started since we did our ep- last episode. Yeah, yeah. So Suzanne Boyd, who is, um, she was a longtime anchor, news anchor morning at CBS 12 in my town at Palm Beach. I've been following her career for a while and she is now retired from that 
segment of her life. And she has now started a podcast with us called People of Palm Beach. And she is just killing it. So she is interviewing people who've really made an impact uh, in some way, shape or form on the community. And there might be people who are super famous. Like her first first one out the gate was James Patterson. You may have heard of him. Um, and then there, she's also interested in interviewing people who are completely unknown, but yet their impact is still just as, as, as incredible. So I'm really excited to see what she's doing with that show. And you can check it out at peopleofpalmbeachpodcast.com. And there's another one if you go over to the West Coast that you can take mm-hmm. a listen to. Yes. Yeah, so we also have Ed and Kim Ryan, who are out of Fort Myers. They have the uh, Beach Talk Radio. They actually do it live. It's a really cool concept. And it's um, uh, live from a restaurant called Pete's Time Out right there on the beach, the Times Square Beach. And they do the show every Saturday. So you can actually watch it on Facebook Live, Saturdays at 9 in the morning. And then they package that as a podcast. So then that ends up on our website later that day um, and on our feeds. So you can check them out. It's called Beach Talk Radio with Ed and Kim Ryan. And they're they're so they're a married couple. And let me tell you, they're just as hilarious on mic as they are off mic. I adore them. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go to our Facebook page, just search for Finding Florida Podcast. You'll find some videos we did when we did the Orlando Eye from the very top. And what was really cool for us too is <laughs> what was really cool was that I didn't put yeah. permanent nail marks <laughs> yes, in your arm I, from the very you top. Did really well. Now we're gonna see <laughs> because next I'm so excited. We're heading out to the Sun and Fun Fly and the second largest air show in the world in Lakeland. Mm-hmm here in a couple of weeks and you know you did so well on that i think we're going to jump out of an airplane or something no you don't no you don't put that thought right back in your head it's not happening (laughs) or we're going to get you on a little airplane something we're going to something involving air balloon i will do that and that's funny because that's one i don't want to do (laughs) i do airplanes all day long but i just don't do the hot air balloon i don't know why (laughs) Perhaps I'm being extraordinarily naive. We'll see. (laughs) You can find all the pictures, too, from PodFest and from from the huge Ferris wheel at FindingFloridaPodcast.com. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this special episode. We appreciate you being here. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with some. We're going to go last last time from the water. We're going to go to the air. So if you have ideas on where you want us to go next time, just hit us up in our Facebook group, FPN Insiders. You can look up there and send us whatever ideas you want. But for now, we have Florida! And here's to your next Florida adventure.